This is episode number 95 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Max Dudo, who is a professional baseball player, hitting trainer at Driveline Baseball, and is someone who kind of can give us both sides of the spectrum from a player and a coach perspective because he is currently doing both. Um, he actually played for the White Sox um, in their organization for the last two years. Even played for Jason Ochart, who is now the director of hitting at Driveline, but played for him his last year of college at Menlo College out in California. And Max kind of gives us um, a little bit of, of background on him and his career and swing and talks a lot about what he does and how he assesses players um, at Driveline and just what a typical day would look like for a hitter who is trained at Driveline. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Blast Motion. Blast Motion is a bat sensor. Uh, you put on the end of your bat, you can track attack angle, how long your um, time to contact is, your bat speed, how long you're on playing with the pitch for, all really, really important metrics in, in understanding your own swing and kind of what you need to do to improve. So head on over to BlastMotion.com and type in code PJB25 for $25 off. And without further ado, here is Max Dudo. All right, and we are now live with Max Dudo. Max, you're out in Washington. Appreciate you coming on. How's everything going out there? Uh, thanks, Patrick. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, everything's been good. I had a lot of fun training, guys. Uh, learning a ton out here has been a great experience. So how long have you been at Driveline for? Uh, you know, I came here to train uh, last winter, um, and I've been here for uh, since September um, working with guys. Um, I've known Jason. Uh, for the past few years, I played for him at Menlo College, um, so we go way back, and that's kind of how I got connected up here. So you play, you, you're still playing, but you also, do you coach up there as well at Driveline? Like instruct other yeah, players? Yeah, I'm a hitting trainer here at Driveline. Um, I do a lot of like the one-on-one stuff, like we call it uh, swing design, um, mostly just <laughs> a name for scheduling purposes, um, uh, but I do all the one-on-one lessons. Um, just coming up with development plans uh, for our guys. Um, spent a lot of time with KVS um, and, uh, and stuff like that. So I do a lot of the one-on-one stuff um, as well as helping out with group work. So you guys, I didn't know you guys did one-on-one stuff as well. I thought it was just memberships. Uh, yeah, it's something that we've rolled out um, pretty recently, probably in the past three or four months. Um, uh, haven't really had the manpower to do it so far and they just haven't had uh, a lot of real estate but things have kind of slowed down we've been able to use the lab a little bit and uh, i've been able to come on and help out and uh, and start to get that rolling awesome so take me back and just for those who, who are just just hearing about you right now take me back to just a brief history of your baseball background and and kind of just how you got to be where you're at right now yeah sure um so i started played uh, three years at, at cal berkeley in pac 12 um transferred after my junior year um to uh, uh menlo college uh, naia uh, on the peninsula in the bay area um and that's where i met jason and jason was my hitting coach there um we kind of hit it off from day one we kind of uh you know had some of the same hitting philosophies uh and it was really nice to have a coach that uh kind of understood where i was coming from uh, and i was able to kind of figure it out at menlo um have a pretty good season and uh after that year i got drafted uh, the ninth round by the White Sox in 2016. Um, played two years with the White Sox um, 
and uh, the guy released by them last year. Um, currently, uh, you know, still, still, uh, let him keep dream alive. Yeah, a hundred percent. What was yeah. the difference between, like you said, like Jason played a big part um, when you transferred to Menlo and, and you playing a lot better. Like, why do you think you played better there, or you felt better? Your swing maybe felt better there versus the previous few years. You know, it, like I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, you know, probably competition level had a little bit of something to do with it. Felt a little more confident, but I also had you know Jason and Jake Kinley. Um, they're the two of the best coaches. Uh, you know, I can name today. It's very fortunate to uh, to play for them. Um, they kind of showed you know I had the ability to do to do some cool things um, that year, and like I possibly play pro ball, and they just kind of kept pumping me up and uh, kind of gave me that confidence to go out and perform. It also helps just have a coach not on your pack trying to change your swing and like change your philosophies every day. And uh, I think Jason kind of says this all the time, and sometimes what you don't say is as important as what you do. And Jason just kind of let me ride and uh, and do my thing and end up kind of working out. Yeah, so that I guess my next question I would ask is, is you hear coaches who are kind of always on you and then the coaches who back off a little bit. You're, st- you're, you're still in the process of playing, plus doing some coaching at, at driveline as well. What do you think makes a good coach? Is it someone who knows a bunch of drills to do, someone who's able to keep you know track in terms of the, the data on each player? Like, What would you kind of consider to be a good coach? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Definitely, definitely a loaded question. Um, I think all those things, like in today's game, uh, you have to be proficient with the new tech. You have to be able to track everything that your players do. Um, you also have to play that psychologist role a little bit, like keep pumping them up, uh, keep giving them that confidence, um, and you also have to know you know a little bit about the swing and be able to make adjustments from there. A little bit of motor learning stuff um, to kind of accelerate that learning process. So I think I think today you kind of have to wear uh, a lot of hats to be uh, considered a good coach. Yeah. No, you guys got definitely got a good thing set up at Driveline. I know you talked um, a little bit earlier in that you do a lot of stuff with KVEST. And so what yeah. What do you – yeah, can you, like, talk a little bit about, like, what do you like about KVEST, how you guys use it, and just that sort of thing? Yeah, uh, you know, KVEST is, is a great tool, you know, for – especially for hitting just because it's, a you know, basically a mobile biomechanics lab. Uh, and we, you know, we have our, our setup here. Um, with motion capture, you know, f- for the pitching side, and it's a lot easier to do it. Um, it's, you know, the skill is just not as open as baseball. You don't have to react to a ball. Um, so uh, KVS kind of gives us that that biomechanics setup um, on the hitting side. Um, even though you know it's just four sensors, it's not you know 60 plus markers, um, but still gives us a pretty good idea on sequence, um, body positions, turn, bend, uh, side bend. Um, three or four segments so uh there's a lot there and it's great for data collection uh we pair it up with uh high-speed video blast motion and um uh and hit tracks and rapsodo um uh, we do test days um uh, bi-weekly to kind of pair all that stuff up and it's good for our guys to kind of see where they're at and we want to we want to measure guys when they're going good too so that's something to go back to like they have the video um they have their sequencing um kind of show them what they're doing when they're going good and we, when they go bad, uh, they start to struggle. We can kind of, um, you know, we have that 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 timestamp of stuff that we can go back to uh, to when they were going good. So when you're doing a swing design after you you get all this the collection with the KVS and hit tracks and things like that, 
How long does that take to come up with a plan for a hitter? Um, well, I mean, if guys have been here for a while, you know, we have plenty of data on them. Uh, we have plenty of batted ball stuff, um, plenty of KVS readings, plenty of blast readings. Um, I've been able to watch them hit quite a bit. So, um, you know, I try to do my due diligence and spend, uh, you know, quite, quite a bit of time developing a plan uh, for each guy. And so, you know, how swing design goes is I, you know, I spend a few hours developing a plan for them. Um, I'll write all the day plans for their week. And then they'll come in for a swing design. We'll go over, um, you know, what I'm kind of seeing with the sequence, um, what I'm kind of seeing with their plan. Uh, we'll hit, we'll make some adjustments or we will make some swing adjustments. I'll just challenge them and focus on their approach. And then we'll meet after and discuss what the plan is for next week. Um, and we'll go, go out and try to execute it. And the plan, you know, the idea behind it is to, uh, you know, eliminate useless swings. Um, you know, don't take a rep in group work without having some type of plan behind it. So when do you have time to do get your own work in? Since you're coaching all the coaching hitters, you know you're a trainer there as well. When do you do you just hop right in, like with like feed? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I do spend most of my time working for sure. Um, you know, I get here in the morning and I normally train. Uh, maybe I'll lift in the last group or I'll hit in the last group and lift after. Um, but uh, I think when you know close to season, I'll probably have to spend a little more time on training. Uh, you know, just doing more baseball stuff. But I, I normally train after group work is done, so uh, I got some pretty long days here. What do you think makes uh, makes driveline kind of the hot the hot item right now? Um, I, I think driveline is a special place. Number one, we have uh, I know I'm surrounded by a group of highly intelligent people that I get to learn from every day, and it kind of accelerates, you know me and the other trainers, you know, learning environment and we're able to learn things really fast. Um, also, we have a, a tremendous amount of resources, not only like technology wise, but like people and contacts. Um, you know, Kyle spent a lot of time uh, in baseball, you know, kind of making those contacts and we're able to kind of utilize those. Plus all the resources, like being able to buy something like KVS, um, you know, having hit tracks uh, every day having a uh, you know, quantitative analysis guy that can uh, you know interpret the data for uh, you know guys like me like hitting trainers who aren't you know that savvy with the statistics and all that and aren't aren't, aren't as smart as him <laughs> so we're able to have all that stuff um, we're able to in- interpret that so I mean you know it's a number of reasons for sure but I think uh, it's just a great environment for coaches to learn. yeah that's what that's what I've heard though is that the, the place is just it's so it's such an awesome environment for players to come in and it's like everyone's pulling in the right direction I've never been out there but I just I've talked to so many different people and you see it on social media and I think it's it's really cool when you see guys who go there and train and then like afterward they're like you know they're, they're driveline guys like they like stamp themselves as like a driveline guy that's kind of like the epitome of of like just having like an entire team there which is really really cool um what kind of yeah yeah, so i mean sorry yeah that's definitely a huge advantage you know to have guys come here and you know identify with with the program um kind of have that that driveline family aspect you know that's definitely a huge part of it the training culture uh is something we take very seriously um we want the highest quality player and the highest quality of individual um, to instill competition, you know, in our group work, um, so everyone's kind of reaching for that that next level all the time. 
So you guys are now doing the uh, infamous live ABs, which are pretty well documented. Um, how does that How does that work? Does each player get a certain get a certain amount of pitches, and then it's the next guy, or is it just one AB to one AB? No, it's total. It's total game time. Okay. It's uh, you know, the pitching side will will monitor you know how many pitches each guy is throwing. Um, so we're we're gonna hit. We're gonna take full at bats until we kind of reach that limit. And sometimes you know, competition gets better of us, and we'll just keep we'll just keep going. Um, but it, it's it's total game time. It's in like you know, as you know, we try to replicate that game like environment as much as possible. I think you know that's gonna accelerate the learning process as much as anything. Yeah, I know that uh, Spinball has those machines where you can, you know, track or put the amount of different spin on the on the baseball and, and that sort of a thing. How do you guys implement kind of just like different tools, like, for example, like a Spinball machine versus I know some people like put it off to the right side or to the left side. Or I see yeah. like I see two, sometimes I've seen you guys have two two of those machines right next to each other. Um, like what what is the purpose of that? Uh, I mean, the spin ball machine is great. Like, there's so much you can control with that uh, spin, spin direction. Like, it's it's a it's a really great tool. Um, and putting it back towards you know the mound, and you know we have a sheet of different release points that we use um, every day. We'll switch it up every day. Um, but you know, having a machine at that release point, um, I think is quite important to just, again replicate that game like environment. Um, so that's something that, that that's a big tool for us. And like the more uh, so like repetitions you can get of you know seeing actual game like Velo, even if it's not from uh, you know a pitcher's body motion or like an arm, and just kind of seeing uh, the ball coming from that distance, it, it's really important. Um, and you know we we did a study this summer. Anthony Brady wrote a blog about it. Uh, you know uh, measuring brain waves from front toss. BP and machine, and uh, you know we concluded that you know machine work definitely uh, prepares you more for the game, in terms of just like lowering the beta waves uh, before before game time. So do you think how would how would players how how would if you were like a college team would you put a machine out on the mound before a game and have them hit off that instead of regular BP? To to me to me that's a no brainer before the game. Uh, I, I don't see why you wouldn't, uh, you know, replicate, you know, what you're, especially what you're going to see if you know the pitcher's arm slot, get as close to that as you can, and, and throw that out there before the game. Uh, I think that would be much more, a much better use of your time uh, rather than just, you know, traditional batting practice. So, do you think there, do you, what value do you put in like T work, soft toss, that sort of thing, since it's not even really close to anything to game velo. Yeah, sure. I, I think there's value in all that. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, we put out some stuff about how T-Work, you know, isn't, isn't uh, you know, great for transferring to the game. And uh, I, I think that gets kind of mis misconstrued a little bit because T-Work in soft toss definitely has quite a bit of value, especially when learning new moves and, uh, you know, you know learning new movements and going slower. Um, you know, if you're trying to learn something, it's going to be pretty difficult to jump in with a machine throwing 90 uh, with cut and uh, and run, um, it's going to be pretty hard to kind of execute that movement. So we, we're going to use the T, we're going to use soft dust to kind of learn new moves, and then we're going to speed up and challenge you from there. Um, the, the, the less time we can spend, you know, in that slower time on, on front toss 
And uh, so if I, if I feel like that you have the move right away, then I'm going to go ahead and challenge you, and I'll start throwing BP, mixing some below, and mixing some other pitches, and that should accelerate the learning process. So throughout that throughout that process, are they using their same bat, or are they going doing the overload underload as well? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do overload underload depending on like just kind of how I I feel it out when working with someone. Um, again, if I feel like you know they're executing the, the move in a uh, controlled environment, then we'll go ahead and mix up bats and mix up pitches. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I do agree that I think sometimes the T work soft toss, it is overblown for sure. Um, what, so what would a typical day like since you've, you know, you're, you're both, you're a, a trainer and a player. What would a typical day like look like for a player who's coming in a driveline just from the time they walk in warming up to just throughout the day? Yeah. Um, I think on the hitting side, uh, a typical day would probably, uh, be rolling in here around noon ish. Um, you know, just cause you know, the place is, is, is a madhouse in the morning with the, with the pitching side. Um, so it, uh, rolling morning around noon, maybe earlier, if you have a bats that day, uh, probably getting in around between noon and two, um, and getting your lift in, getting your mobility work in, um, uh, and then sticking around for, for group work, you know, from four to seven, uh, whatever fits in your schedule. So mostly it's just, uh, it, you know, it's getting here around that time. Getting your mobility working, uh, doing your lift, um, maybe taking a short break, and then uh, we do uh, uh, specific TPI warm-ups um, that uh, our hitting trainer Max Gordon has done a really good job of putting together. Um, and all three of us, Max Tanner and myself, are uh, on base use certified, so we're able to screen athletes um, and give them that uh, TPI warm-up and movement prep that they can do before they step in the cage. So it's just to answer the question fully, it's mobility work, lift, uh, TPI, uh, movement prep, warm-up, and then group work in the cage. Yeah, I was actually at TPI out in Phoenix uh, two weeks ago. And, awesome. Yeah, did that. And then um, I actually was talking to Max because I know he did TPI and on-base U. Um, what did you take away from it? Because you, you just went to on-base. Did you go to TPI as well or just on-base? I, I have not been to TPI yet. I just went to the uh, on base in Oceanside. Okay. What did you did? You, what did you learn from doing all that? Uh, I, I learned a ton from it. I, I personally got got a lot out of it. Um, it was uh, amazing to see, you know, the type of facility TPI has and just how they how they run things, how professional they are. Um, it's also very impressive to see Greg Rose talk. Yeah. Um, they, they, they guys unbelievable, really dynamic speaker. And obviously highly intelligent and knowledgeable. Um, so I, I took away a deeper understanding of how the body moves and how the body moves in hitting um, and how important the body swing connection is. Being able to know how each, like get closer to knowing how each athlete uh, moves individually. And then we can kind of tailor uh, you know, a movement prep and, and, a, and a swing program for them. Um, you know, as the guys at TPI, they say there's infinite ways to swing the bat. Um, but there's probably only one way uh, for the individual to swing. Speaking of the movement prep that TPI does, would you say that that's probably one of the most important parts of, of a hitter's day is that movement prep? Because I feel like once a hitter picks up a bat, they start to do the baseball thing right away if they're trying to make a change in their swing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think the movement prep is, is, is a huge part of it. Um, Again, like you can, you can, you can get quite a bit of range of motion 
um, just by executing some some simple mobility drills um, that strange motion you wouldn't have if you you know obviously just step step the cage and start hitting. So it, it could change your movement uh, quite a bit. Um, and then executing executing them every day could kind of change uh, like your range of motion, just like movement profile over time. Um, so I think I think kind of like executing a movement prep program every day is pretty important. Um, not only just preparing you for swing, but making positive um, changes to your body as well. So that, going back to the, the TPI, their actual facility, um, they do. I know they've had the KVS for you know a long time. It, the K, what people don't. KVS has been around since 2006 in golf, so I know they've they've been doing a lot of that. Is it mostly a lot of, of graphs there, where they're like comparing different graphs to each player? Because I know for baseball, there's pretty much just one graph that shows this, you know, the sequence. But I've seen when I was at TPI, there's I mean, you could break that down into six or seven other graphs. You know, just yeah. looking at the pelvis or just the, you know, um, did you did they show any guys that stuff just for baseball? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw this out there really quick. I'll, I wrote a, a blog on KVS for Driveline. Uh, it's up on the Driveline blog. You, get, okay. uh, you know, listeners can check it out if they want. Um, uh, so at, at TPI, they have they have a little different um, biomechanics setup. I'm not exactly sure what the system's called, um, but it's quite quite a few more markers than KVS does. Quite a few more sensors. Um, so KVS only has four. I think uh, I I could be totally wrong on this, but it looked like, you know. Like 1630 wow. sensors or markers. Um, so, yeah, so they, they were able to you know, have a lot more grass um, of motion for more body segments. Um, KVS for baseball, um, it gives you the, the sequencing graph, but also gives you uh, quite a few other performance graphs as well. Um, you know, there's pelvis, uh, turn bend, side bend, pelvis angles, torso, turn bend, side bend, torso angles. Um, and also an X-factor graph, which is hip shoulder separation, um, and kind of how it goes from positive to negative throughout the swing. Um, so there's, there's quite a bit of information as far as the graphs go on KVS. What, um, what else did you guys, like, take away from, I guess, just looking, just seeing the facility? Is there anything that you would say, like, at driveline or that we would need to implement this or we need to do this now that we've seen this from, like, a hitter standpoint? Because I know from a pitching standpoint, you guys, there's sensors everywhere, but is there was there anything you took away that maybe that would help from a hitter's uh, point of view? I, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think equipment-wise, uh, you know, we want to start using um, force plates a little bit more. Um, we're working pretty closely with Body Track to kind of make that happen um, and start to export data from there. Um, so body track is going to be huge for us in the future. And also, I, I think one of the most important takeaways from TPI is the integration of strength, uh, physical therapy, um, just the health side and the, uh, the skill side of the sport. So I think golf does a tremendous job of that, of just integrating the fitness and the health um, with the skill work. I think professional golfers you know, are lifting every day. Um, they're on the table with a trainer or physical therapist or chiropractor, you know, twice a day. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they're really healthy and making sure, you know, uh, they're keeping their, their physical capabilities to what they are. And I think baseball doesn't do a great job of that. Um, number one, it, it, just culture wise and just like how the training room is in baseball. Um, and so I think we can do a better job of further integrating strength, PT, health, and, and our hitting training side for sure. Um, and then we're, work, we're working towards that every day. 
Um, and obviously track uh, our, our tracking software is a huge help in that. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I'm actually, after I get off this call, I'm going to get ready and, and uh, got a meeting set up set up with you guys to, to get my track rolling. What, what Speaking of the force plates, I saw body track at TPI. Um, they haven't even come out with the baseball version yet for the public, but I know you guys have one. Um, what have you seen or kind of found just using the body track force plates um, for hitters? Um, you know, not too much right now. Um, it's, kind of, it's a difficult for us to export data and kind of analyze the data. That's something, you know, we're looking to uh, to roll out here in the future, probably pretty soon, to start analyzing some of that stuff. Um, so we, we roll it out from time to time, and uh, Tanner and Max have been spending a little bit more time with it than I have. Um, we'll put it out for live at bats, and we'll, like, uh, what's cool about body track is it tracks video uh, along with the, uh, the, the pressure. Yeah, yeah, and I like it. I think you can actually set it up with blast motion, so it, it's all on the same screen, yeah. which is really, really cool. The other thing I was actually I was talking to Jeff Leach last night. He's now the director or the uh, for hitting at Axe, I believe that's it would be his title. He's the manager, and he said that one of your guys is going down to somewhere in Texas to do a bat fitting. Um, yeah, yeah, and I was pretty. That's really interesting because he he even brought up he used to work in golf and, and used to do the uh, club fitting himself, and he's like, it doesn't make any sense that that, that hitters don't do the same thing. Uh, absolutely, and you know, uh, we're, we're all actually pretty pretty into golf here, so like we've been wondering that for years, and I've been wondering that myself as a player, and I always like. Uh, I always like I kind of felt uh, wood bats always felt weird to me, and I've yet to really find the right one. Uh, so I think bat fitting is a really exciting concept and something that's going to gain a lot of traction here in the future. Um, there's already quite a bit of content on Twitter now about bat fitting. Um, so uh, Colin Hetzler, our lead on bat fitting, and and Tanner Stokey, one of our hitting trainers, headed to Houston, and we're going to do a bat fitting down there. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited about that. And I think that's definitely part of the future. And it's also really related to something we, we you know, we learned from TPI, um, and just like a, a funny story, you know, Greg Rose, uh, was telling, um, you know, so Mike Trout would come in to, uh, get some titles close fitted and, uh, they were going to get some, uh, biomechanics data on him as well. And Mike Trout was asking for a bat. He didn't bring a bat. Uh, and that's something that the TPI guys were blown away with because that's something that would never happen in golf. Uh, if a golfer comes to get biomechanics data, they come with their own custom fitted set of clubs. And that's just something that's non existent in baseball for no particular reason. Isn't that crazy? It's just yeah. sometimes I wonder if baseball will ever truly make that because there's so many old school people out there and they don't they don't buy in to kind of the new uh, the new era. Sometimes I wonder, but I also at the same time, it's like, well, you know, if you look at coaching hires throughout prof- professional baseball, really not hiring too many, even guys who played big league time if they don't know how to implement any of the data or anything or just keeping up with the new times. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, you've seen a pretty pretty big takeover um, with kind of a lot of the, uh, new young coaches uh, being hired by these teams, people who are proficient in the new tech and people who are proficient in analyzing it and translating it to the player. Um, so I think, uh, you know, you're kind of seeing that, that, that take over here. Um, but again, you know, pro baseball is definitely conservative, uh, in their ways. And, um, 
you know, they have a lot of people who have been working with these teams for, for many years. Um, so it's kind of hard to change that type of culture and kind of clean house uh, with each team. But, um, you know, it certainly looks like there's a takeover with that. Um, and it's certainly going to be, you know, a data-driven uh, organization that's being run in the future. Speaking of, of your of your own career now, um, what have you kind of taken away or what have you learned just by playing professional baseball for the past two years? About you, just your swing, just the game in general. Um, is there anything you've learned or, or just could talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of takeaways. I think, um, number one, the game's really hard. The game's very difficult. Um, and these guys that you see on TV playing professional baseball, are, are very good. <laughs> they're very good. They're much better than, than, than you think that they are. Um, and that kind of plays into the culture. We like to, you know, implement a drive line. Um, you know, we like to have those, that, that uh, caliber of player around so players can see, you know, just how good and how consistent um, this guy is. Uh, not only with his, with his skills and how he's hitting the ball, um, but with his work ethic and his workouts and how seriously they take their health. Um, stuff like that. So consistency and just the, the like quality of skill like really jumps out to me. Yeah, I think that's that's often overlooked. What you just talk about is just being consistent every single day. And I think uh, I, I don't think unless you you really have done it before, or unless you you know you're you're doing it now in the process, you don't really know how hard it truly is to to get to the big leagues. Because and as you all know, there's so many different hurdles you have to, to jump across and. And there's other, you know, other factors that go into it that you don't have any control as well. And it's just, it's a mental grind. Um, is there anything from like a mental standpoint that you kind of helps get you through when you're struggling? Yeah, I mean, I mean, confidence is huge. Confidence is key. And like, uh, you know, it always will be key. Um, the more you can pump yourself up, uh, the more you can tell yourself that you belong, um, you know, the more likely it is it's going to happen. I think a lot of us, you know, uh, you know, myself definitely included will get, you know, uh, you know, fall into that trap, you know, telling yourself you suck all the time, uh, when things aren't going your way instead of, you know, building yourself up. I think that's definitely a factor. It's something that actually is, is difficult to measure, you know, um, but how do you, again, how do you, how do you get yourself back up again? Like once you're, once you're feeling really down, I think, I think a good strategy is just having a highlight reel of yourself, um, you know, just an actual one on video, uh, you know, definitely helps out and a, a mental highlight reel as well. Um, so visualizing that that outcome is definitely something that can be really helpful. Um, and it goes back to, you know, having that intent to, to, to do damage and uh, having that mental picture in your head of what you want to do. Um, a lot of times that makes um, the likelihood uh, of executing go up quite a bit. Really appreciate your time. One last question. If you could give like, just a piece of advice for, for high school hitters out there. A lot of high school hitters will be listening to this. Um, what would it be? Just It could be about anything, preparation, confidence, just whatever whatever comes to your mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something I'm kind of saying a lot right now, but um, it's have a plan and, uh, and track everything that you do. Um, a lot of times it's hard to improve when we're not exactly sure. Uh, what we're good and bad at. Um, and what's great about um, the coaching today and the data side is that we're getting a lot closer to knowing uh, exactly what your strengths and weaknesses are. 
um, you know, from a batted ball standpoint, from a movement standpoint, um, as you can get with someone uh, that understands the technology and understands how to interpret the data, you'll be able to uh, more easily formulate a plan and find out where you're good and bad at and, and, and go attack those things. Um, so I, I think with everything, you know, have a plan, write things down, um, you know, have a step-by-step -step process of how to get better and keep training right above right above your skill level. Um, uh, that, that's, probably, that's probably some of the biggest advice I can give um, from training. Uh, you know, awesome. have a plan, get with someone, get with someone who knows their stuff and, uh, and go execute that consistently. Awesome. Really appreciate your time today, man. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it.